Welcome to Offbeat Tracks episode 130 Deuce. My name's Max. Hi there. I'm Danielle. And before we get into this week's episode, <laughs> I do think we kind of should like do a Eurovision recap our thoughts on thing. this. Um, I really thought our boy from Sweden was going to pull it out. I thought he was too. And then the televote uh, just came on through and also North Macedonia, what the hell? What just, how? Why? I don't get it. I really don't get it. I mean, like, Eurovision is... Thing. I, I don't have words for it. Eurovision truly must be for European ears. I think that was just... The jury's... The jury's... <laughs> every American person I know who watches is like, why is this North Macedonia song up there? And it, the jury's really fucked it up. Because, I mean, they had Sweden up there, which is cool. But, I mean, the only reason that North Macedonia was close was because of juries. Um, they barely gave Norway any points, and Norway wins the televote by far. And they just really fucked everything up. And I'm anti the juries, aka I want to be the juries mm. and change their minds on everything. Um, Australia didn't win, although she should have. Yeah, Australia did. It was insane. Not do nearly as well as she should have, or as I thought she was going to do. I thought so. it was going to do well in juries because, and everyone's always like, the opera doesn't do well in juries, and I'm like, I think this will because it's not full opera. But right, because no, it's weird. It's still different. Like, mm, North Macedonia, like we just love the former Yugoslavia. When did that happen? I don't get it. I yeah, very very odd. I'm but, very you know, anti-Yugoslavia. <laughs> the favorite one, yawn. Moving on. Let's, yeah, let's Mayo Boy. It's a. It was Next a top, year in... It was, again, like the odds, the top three were the Mayo Boys of the competition. Yeah, exactly. And I blame the gays. Moving on. Well, Sorry. all right. Sorry. Y'all, uh, y'all, gotta, y'all gotta grow up. This week we are talking about The Escape Club, um, which yes. is a group that uh, I had always thought of as a one-hit wonder, but apparently they weren't. Uh, same. Found that out. Um, I never looked at the charts before. Yeah, well, I found this out like within the last year, not when I was researching for this episode, thankfully. But yeah, they had this second song that was like totally a big hit. Had no idea. Um, no also, clue. I have no idea if this is true. I could not corroborate it and was not going to sit down and do the hours of research. But it says on their Wikipedia page that they are the only British group to have a U.S. number one hit and never chart in their homeland. I think in the that UK. actually is true, and that's the thing I had heard before I knew they. It had would a not be that hit. difficult to prove, I think. Yeah, I think I, I've been like kind of racking but my it's brain hours about of it. Someone that I was told to me do. that. Someone told me that like a year or two ago, and I never thought about it. And I was like, "What? They weren't." First of all, never knew they were English. Never knew. We, de- they were, we definitely can confirm I that think they, they sound they, American. They had a number one hit in the US and they never charted in the UK. That is absolutely true. Whether they are the only group to ever for that ever to be the case, um, it remains to be seen. But it does seem very unlike like a very unlikely thing that would happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe maybe there's like an to not chart word. at all. And like you, I had the same thing. I had no idea they were British. That was my big surprise I when think, researching this episode. I think they sound American, and also they their do. music is very American. Very, like yes. Wild Wild West. It is, is not very... British at all, with the exception of one song, which we're well, going to get yes. to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about the Escape Club. They formed in 1983 in London, in the UK, um, comprising uh, on vocals and guitar a guy named Trevor Steele, uh, also on guitar a guy named John Holiday, but not that John Holiday, not Johnny Halliday. I wish. God, may he rest. Jenny, Jenny Halliday. <laughs> I took a day of mourning off of work when Johnny Halliday died, by when, the way. That's when, who I am as a person. When did he pass away? Uh, December 2017. Wow. Oh, wow. That wasn't that long ago. Yeah. No, he like announced he had lung cancer again because wow. he smoked like oh, a yeah. chimney. Well, like he probably go. should have died like at 40. 
but he didn't. And then, and it was weird because I couldn't sleep that night and I have French sling and I just happened to turn on French sling because I was like, maybe it'll bore me to death and put me to sleep. <laughs> and like the news had just broken. So I got to watch it live on French TV because I couldn't fucking sleep. It was mm, weird. Geez. Anyway, RIP. He yes. has nothing to do with Escape Club. Continue. Yes. So anyway, um, well, that's what you think. Guitar, uh, John Holiday, not that Johnny Holiday. Uh, bass, a guy named Johnny Cristo, and Great on name. and on drums, a guy named Milan Zakavica. 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 There's yes. probably a very Eastern European Bless way you. to say that. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so uh, they met because Trevor, John, and Milan, the drummer, played on uh, the only album by this really interesting new wave act, whatever it was, called Planning by Numbers which was like the pet project of this other dude who it seems never did anything except this one album as Planning by Numbers. But all three of them, I, I somehow ended up playing on it, and I guess their chemistry worked out. Um, and then Johnny uh, Christo, the, the bass player, had been in a group called The Expressos, spelled with an X, yeah. uh, with Milan, the drummer. So Milan pulled Johnny and said, here, we, we, we need a bass player, we've got a bass player now. So here was this new group, The Escape Club, and that's where they came Because they from. escaped. From all their other yes. musical they acts. escaped from the Planning by Numbers Club, which was <laughs> apparently very exclusive because there were like five people involved. So there you <laughs> go. <laughs> uh, they actually released their debut single all the way back in 1983, which is pretty cool. Yes. Had no idea. Um, it's called Breathing. Um, it is very, very different than their later stuff. Absolutely. Um, just very like new wave rock. Yeah, and it's got a good driving beat, which I think you still hear later. But I think the big difference between the early Escape Club and the Escape Club that hit it so big in America is that they've kind of still got that driving beat and a little bit of a rocky thing. You can hear it, but the vocal melodies are so smooth and so slow. Like, you can't really, it doesn't really go anywhere. It just seems awkwardly in the middle of like hit and like you belong on adult contemporary radio. And so I think it kind of, I don't know, it's very. Not quite there, but you can hear little bits of it, I think. I also wanted to touch on the B-side to this because um, they there was like a deluxe repress a couple of years ago of their debut album, and uh, this pre-that album single was included on it, both of both A-side and B-side. And this was the B-side. It's called Don't Touch Me. I was pretty into this, actually. I, I really love, like There's it. like this Halloween synth organ thing going on in it, and I don't know why. Maybe just because of I'm listening to this and researching this episode when I am, but I could not get this idea out of my head that I really wanted this song to be in the movie Detective Pikachu. Um, I, I don't know why. I said, this is my last note on this song. It sounds like an 80s movie song. See, there you it go. It sounds like an 80s movie song. This song like, should have uh, been in Detective Pikachu. Yeah, I don't know anything about Detective Pikachu. All right, just trust me. Yes, yeah. Um, I really like it. It's a more straight new wave song. It and is, also, yes, very much so. let's give praise to the very 80s lyric, don't touch me, I'm electric. So 80s. <laughs> so 80s. Yes, like that's an outfit I would wear. Don't touch me, I'm electric. This, Shirt. um... There was this uh, this like tiny subset of new wave and like college alt rock, I guess, in the early 80s that did like a Halloween thing. Mm. And this falls very in line with that. Like I'm talking about like the entire Return of the Living Dead soundtrack. You know, this would have fit in on that, I think. Mm, I get it. Don't look at me, I'm 
So the Escape Club's debut record actually came out in 1986. Um, and it was called White Fields, and uh, it is not very good, in my opinion. <laughs> it's, to me, this is the <laughs> it's most... It's not for me. This is the most awkwardly in the middle that Escape Club gets, between, like, something that's kind of edgy and cool and would hit, but, like, still kind of, like, and the like, vocal fully melodies... embracing pop. The vocal melodies don't sound cool at all. No. Like, it just sounds and so lame. That's a big problem I have with Escape Club. I guess I can tap on this now so that you, you pay attention to it as you hear these clips as we go on. But, like, this dude basically sings the same three notes in the majority of their singles. It's like, up, here, up, here, up, 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 here. And he just kind of bounces between these same two notes. I'll tell you what, that could be a hit if you put a beat behind it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I get that. Like, and it's the thing I think in what you're saying that works later and doesn't work here is that he doesn't present it in a cool way, at Mm -mm, least. mm -mm. Like, there's nothing interesting about the way he's presenting it here. It's just kind of like... No, and I, I had a very similar note. I'm glad you said that because, like, th- this definitely, you can hear the, the mm-hmm. turn to pop, but they're not there yet. This is, like, very college radio pop, yep. like, where it's just, something's just not there. Something's exactly. just not there. Um, but this this lead single, Rescue Me, is the one we're talking about. But it, it I don't know. It, it just did not connect for me. Yeah. Um, they actually released like four singles off of this, but um, I, we're only going to talk about this one other one called The Hard Way, um, because I actually liked this a bit more. I thought that this, this was to this, me. This was more fleshed out, I think, and it is a more interesting song. Maybe, but I was so bored. Really? Like, it was so blah for me. I actually listened to it like five times in a row trying to like hold on to something like maybe I'm just in a bad mood. <laughs> but no, it's just it's so blah. It's not bad, but it's. It's I, so blah for I me. like so this. Bored. I thought it listened. I thought it sounded different enough from the other three. Um, I guess, but I mean, if I'm gonna, I would not release this as a single. This no, is, I, I probably wouldn't my, have either. This is on an out. Al- this is an album gut. This is not a single. So fast forward to July of 1988, and the Escape Club releases Wild Wild West, which is their uh, second album, and the lead single, the lead title track along with it, which becomes a huge hit in the U.S., straight to the top of the charts, number one uh, on the uh, pop charts, number three on the modern rock charts, which is hilarious, yeah. and number 36 on the dance charts. It tells you how weird it is. So I think like it actually started charting in, like, what, 89, I think? Yeah, I believe it was kind of a slow burner. Um, you're right. I don't yeah. think I don't think it, it, it kind of radio started picking it up months after the album came yeah, out. Yeah, I remember this when I was a kid. This is one of the first songs I remember when it was out and popular. And also, little known fact, one of my mom's most favorite songs in the whole wide world. She loves this song. If it comes on in my car, she's losing it. 
But wow. she's actually secretly kind of cool. She knows all the lyrics to I Can't Wait by New Shoes, which I found out <laughs> on Mother's Day when I was driving her. I'm like, which is significantly what? cooler than the Escape what? Club. I yes. Know. Yeah. But I, it's... I find that this song is extremely polarizing among people who really love 80s really? music. Yeah. Hmm. People either really, really love this or they really hate it. Interesting. I think it's like perfectly 1989. And it's one of those great songs that like, you know, it's like living for, living for the 90s or whatever. Like, I thought you were going to say, like, Live in La Vida Loca, which is funny because it almost kind of is the Live in La Vida Loca of its day, isn't it? I guess. Like, think about how 1999 Live in La Vida Loca is, and then think about how 1989 this song is. I've never thought of it that way, but my God. Yeah, right? I don't know which one is better. <laughs> I don't I, I, don't I don't either, it's actually. It's such a cool song. It reminds me, it's like one of those songs I remember from childhood and liking it. One of the first pop songs I remember and loving. And it it's just that perfect, like almost 90s kind of sound but still very yeah yeah for sure it's one of those great transition songs and and for whatever reason this song will not die there are so many like songs Mm -hmm. from this era that were big hits that again you never hear on the radio you don't ever hear them like in the supermarket music but this song for whatever reason Boy, we as a, a culture really just cling to this freaking song. I mean, people cannot get enough of it. I mean, I think it really appealed the to America. Radio station that program directors cannot get enough of it. I anyway. also don't understand how the video was like <laughs> a hit. That is the dumbest video with like decapitating people, but then making their legs and arms really wide. I don't understand yeah, it. If it's, it's an art thing, it's from I don't the get era it. of hey, we got a video switcher that does cool effects, so let's play around with also, it. Also, will you agree with me too that when we get into this era and Wild Wild West, when you watch these videos and you listen to this song? Are they not just trying to be in excess? Oh, yeah, 100%. Because I had never noticed that before in just the music, yes. but watching the videos, I was like, okay, yes, it's fake the same. ass Michael Hutchins. <laughs> Even though he's still hot, still would, but fake ass Michael Hutchins. Yeah, it's definitely the same aesthetic. Yeah. For sure. So let's move on to the follow-up single, which was called Shake for the Shake. Now, this is how you know they're British, because we would say chic. Right. Because at first I was like, why are they shake for the chic? And then I realized they were It's shake for the shake, right. Because I'm like, break does not rhyme with chic. That's how you know they're British, because they're making that rhyme, and Um, it's hard to do. So we've already discussed that one potential uh, entry for the Escape Club in the record books, in that, you know, they're, they're being the only... Uh, British band to band to have a number one in the U.S. and to never chart back home. But I think that there might actually be a second distinction for them. Oh boy. Are they the only person ever to chart a top 40 song with the lyric ICBM that directly mentions ICBMs? <laughs> Maybe. Because that, that definitely made my eyebrow raise, and I don't think I've ever heard a song directly reference ICBMs <laughs> until this one. true. <laughs> it's another thing i got to think about. I don't... Not directly. Um, you know, this song is pretty good. I really like it. Yeah. I see how it became number 28. Sure. I see that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a good little yeah, pop so, song. Funny, it's no if, Wild Wild West. If they never had the the other one we're going to talk about, they still wouldn't have been a one-hit wonder because technically this is also a top 40 mm-hmm. hit. So it's one go. of those secret one-hit wonders you'll hear like when they're, you know, yep. we have the Escape Club, but no, they weren't. Ten, ten, the president's man in a big black limousine. There's an ICBM flying by. Get down and get to work. Hi, hi, 
now we've got walking through walls which somehow made it to number 81 i don't know how my only note on this is that even johnny hates jazz would call this boring <laughs> that's a very good but yeah. it, but on that same note if there were any song that was destined to be a hit back in their homeland of the uk it should have been this exactly. one exactly yeah i feel like british um, people should have eaten this up but i guess they didn't yeah it's fine that's what i wrote it's fine <laughs> now i'm on my way So The Wonder Years uh, was was a hit show around this time, and they released a soundtrack album, including a track by The Escape Club, uh, their cover of The Doors song, 20th Century Fox. It was an intro that samples from, like, My Fire. Yeah, because that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, it's... Uh, this did not song. chart, but they shot a music video for it, so they they were clearly trying it as a promo single, yeah, but it did not work. apparently it got a decent amount of airplay on MTV, but I don't think anyone bought it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't care. And I love the doors and really? I just, I love the doors. That's funny. Cause but I don't this... care for the doors and I don't care. So there you go. Yeah. They I reach just no one. Like it's not, it's not awful, but we don't need it. There's an unnecessary dance cover. Oh man, you're Shit. right. Shit. You're right. We were a week, a couple of weeks late on this. You're right. Ah, well, they're everywhere. She's a 20th century fox. She's a 20th century fox. No tears, no fears, no lunges, no claws. She's a 20th century fox, oh yeah. <laughs> so fast forward to May of 1991 and the Escape Club's third album, Dollars and Sex, which is absolutely hilarious. I like it a lot. Yes. It's what uh, the world revolves around. Which peaked at number 145. Not a huge hit. Um, but they let off with this cool lead single that I'd never heard before called Call It Poison that uh, only hit number 44. Barely missed the top 40. But I was super into this. It's like kind of a rock, hip house thing. Again, very 90s. They transitioned to fully into the 90s sound, I think, pretty well between the previous album and this one, don't you? Yeah. And like for me, it's, yeah, I think it's really good. It's a good 90s sound. It's the last time when you can sit there. It's like the end of the era where you can be like, rock and roll is edgy and rebellious and mom and <laughs> yeah. dad don't like it. Like it's the last time because ever <laughs> yeah, since then, right. rock and roll has just been lame. Like, in fact, your parents would rather you listen to rock and roll. It quickly becomes hip hop and they're like, actually, rock and roll is white people. We're okay now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But this is the last time. Because we're like racist the... as shit, baby boomers. Yes. That's how you know you're switching a generation. Yep. Um, but I do like in the video, let's talk about an evergreen concept here. The video is about triggering a televangelist. <laughs> oh, like, that's right. Evergreen. Like, it will never end. That's we right. We are in the same world. That's right. Yeah. Thank you for that, Escape Club. <laughs> screaming through the ceiling, screaming through the walls, stealing all my photographs and laughing at them all. Well, I found the 
All right, so the Escape Club's actual proper second big hit. This was a number eight hit in the U.S. It's called I'll Be There. I have no memory whatsoever of this song being Uh, played on the radio, being played at skating parties, anything at all. My first note is I don't remember this at all. Like, I'm not sure it actually happened. But apparently, it was this huge hit. We're being gaslit. It doesn't even sound familiar. I do not remember this song from my childhood at all, but it was apparently a huge hit. No, how is this not number one in the UK? Um, it's also like, it is the most... Remember when we did the episodes, how we did the most 80s thing and the most 90s thing? If I had known about this, this would have been like <laughs> one of my most 90s things. Um, Everything about this song to me is so 90s. The video, and, and I, I don't know. <laughs> um, on that same vein, like I would bet my entire bank account, life savings, assets, my puppy dog on the fact that this was at least once... A song dedication on Delilah. Oh, a million percent. No, it was. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's what this song is. It's like somebody wrote a song just to be dedicated on Delilah. This. Freaking Delilah. I fucking love her. Um, Well, I probably (laughs) wouldn't now, but when I was like 12, I really thought that shit was deep. I would probably hate it now, but mm, she knew love (laughs) and loss. (laughs) I don't know. I have no respect for Delilah because of when one time when I, th- I must have been, you know, in high school driving around with my dad's ex-wife or something. And she cause she loved Delilah and had her on all the time. But I remember her like this lady wrote her in about how she couldn't conceive and she'd had like two miscarriages and she was really distraught and all she wanted was a kid. And Delilah, to make her feel better, played Amy Grant's baby baby. <laughs> and I was like, you know. You, you know, know Deli- Delilah. Delilah's apparently been like divorced like three or four times or something. And I saw an interview with yeah, her a few years figure. ago. Where's the song for that? Yeah, I saw an interview with her. This is totally off topic, but it's funny. And they were like, hey, how are you like counseling all these people about love when you like are clearly terrible at it? And she's like, I don't know. People just keep asking me to do it. And I really liked that. So, uh, yeah, back to the Escape Club and I'll Be There, this song that totally exists, apparently. Gaslighting. Um, it's actually very sad. Like the lyrics of the song oh, are very, very sad. About loss. It's yeah. apparently about like some friend's wife that died. Yeah. Um, and but it's also it's it's a melancholy because it is also about being there for someone, even though you were not mm-hmm. like physically together for whatever reason. Yeah, it's super sweet. So yeah, but... and also completely different vocal performance than we've heard from this guy before. Yeah. And I, so I really got to hand it to him for that. Like he he totally. they totally did something different. So good for them for, like, doing that and having a hit with it. I just it, still can't rewarded. believe it's number eight. And I also, now that I'm thinking about it, I want to go back to that exact chart where it's number eight and just see what else is on there because I feel like it's got to be a slow week. Got to be a slow week. Don't be afraid of my love. I'll be watching you from above. But I give all the world tonight to be with you. So uh, during I looked it up while while we were listening to the clip there and uh, during during that song's reign, uh, the top songs were uh, CNC Music Factory is going to make you sweat. Uh, Color me bads. I want to sex you up. And uh, Brian Adams is everything I do. I do it for you. Oh, God. So that's what they were up against. 90s right there. They they beat out Rick Astley's cry for help. Yep. uh, Tesla's signs. Okay, that's that's a jam. (laughs) And uh, yeah, 
so they they weren't a there was a Michael W. Smith song on there. Too. God. Oh God! What in the yeah. world was going on in the nineties? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just one more song we want to talk about by the Skate Club, which is uh, so fashionable. And my only note here is which this song is not. Yeah, and that's it all is I not, have to say about um, it. Also, I'm it just, was a promo single. It wasn't an actual single, she, but it she did can't nothing. like put together a look and love. I don't understand what that <laughs> is. Do you, can you only love if you don't give a shit what you look like? Got it. That Apparently. makes total sense. Definitely written by a man right there. She's got style. She's a go-kart Gaultier Francophile. You got the money, you eat till you're full, but she can't love, she's so fashionable. So the Escape Club disbanded not even a year after this album came out. Um, and uh, I love this. One uh, what, what of my favorite things, this is like, this is my bread and butter. This is why I love doing this show. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, when we do a band like this, I always like to research and see like what the different members of the band were up to uh-huh. um, afterwards. So um, Steele and Holiday, uh, Trevor Steele and John Holiday. Uh, became writers and producers, and they worked for, among others, Westlife and Boyzone. So they definitely like embraced the UK boy band and thing. Tommy Kitten, my girls. Right. So I was looking at the credits that Christo and Milan have. Oh, they had Bahamen too. I saw that in the oh, list. Oh, interesting. And I wanted. I did I not see that. To look up, like what the fuck did they do with the Bahamen? Anyway. So the other guys, Christo and Milan, I decided to look at their credits, and a certain name stuck out to me, and I went. What in the world? And uh, sure enough, um, they uh, are credited for whatever reason and not the other two guys on a cover of I'll Be There that was done uh, by a very specific artist. I'm just going to play the clip and I think that you will probably recognize the voice. This is from 1997. It is. Johnny did a cover of I'll Be There. Believe it or not. Oh my God. So that's why you said he'd come back up. Isn't this beautiful encyclical? The real Johnny Holiday covered I'll Be There as Je Serai La in 1997. I'm going to (laughs) cry. I'm going to cry. That's beautiful. Uh, Yes. And I think there's no better note on which to end our Escape Club episode. (laughs) I'm going to. That's the most beautiful way we've ever ended an episode with an homage. To Johnny Halliday, our fallen friend. All right. Well, while Danielle goes and gets some tissues, we'll wrap this show up. <laughs> you can listen to all of our previous episodes online at offbeattrackscast.com. Yes, we're also on Twitter. We are Twitter user at offbeattracks if you want to tweet at us. and Yes, and thank tweet. you for your messages lately about our Eurovision opinions. Because we, I, we always love hearing yours about not just Eurovision, but everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, including the Escape Club and Johnny Halliday. Hall- Hall- <laughs> <Holly. laughs> Until next time. I'm Max. I'm Danielle. See ya.